Action Fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. Chris the Brain here with you, along with Chad Cruz. And Chad, we're back again. It feels like we just did this a few days ago. Feels like we did it 48 hours ago. And I ha- I do have to say that, Brain, you sound like you have a little extra gusto today. Oh, you know what? I have been waiting to talk about this movie here on the Bulletproof Podcast for quite some time. And we're not going to do it, just you and I. We have got a third member we have got somebody in the guest seat. It is the one and the only, the toy man, Christy Petrillo. That's right. Soaring in just like a jet plane. Co-pilot. Yeah. He is our co-pilot on this. Wingman. Oh, wingman. Oh, I see what you did there. Any more puns? Play on words. Thank you. Well, thank you for those in the know. Um, yeah, here we are. We're going to be talking Iron Eagle. But before that, Chad, last time out, we talked about Kroll. And you, on this very podcast, promised our listeners something, and in classic Chad Cruz fashion, (laughs) failed to deliver. I did. And I, unfortunately, did not think of it until after we had stopped recording, and we were done, and I was editing, and I'm like, oh, shit. Chad Cruz said he had a movie with uh, Lisette Anthony, a Cinemax style movie featuring her that you were going to reveal the title of. Oh, I think I know what he's going to mention. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Only it's the one that I think it is. I hope it is. And if it's not, then we're, it's, it's, we've got more. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So uh, after watching, going through Kroll and, and uh, saying, she's a lovely young girl. I uh, wonder what the rest of her career held. And then I looked at some of the other titles in her filmography and saw some that I recognized, some that I didn't. A uh, couple that I clicked on that sounded interesting. Uh, one I found on Tubi. So it is free streaming on tu- on the Tubi app. The film that I found was from 1994. It's called Save Me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> wow. So- it, is, it is the one that I remember from the <laughs> pay-per-view channel in the good old black box days. Yeah. So there, there are... Uh, um, a surprising number of scenes featuring uh, Lysette Anthony and uh, 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 yeah. lack of clothing. Let's just oh, put it that way. Wow. And quite the cast, though. Let's not let's not yes. skirt by the fact that you know she shows the goodies. It was quite a cast for 1994. Yeah, there was a couple of the uh, was it Harry. What's his name? Harry right. Hamlin, Michael Ironside. Yep. I, I, I have seen that cover. The cover is very provocative. Uh, yes. Many, many times. And I'm like, what is this porn? Uh, and I've never watched it, but now I have a perfectly good reason to watch. I and I, I cannot tell you what it's about. I did not watch the film. I just <laughs> skimmed it uh, in the most deliberate fashion that one can skim a movie. And uh, yeah, it, it it certainly had what I was It certainly saved you looking for trouble. Of, uh, I mean, to be fair, it's not as... B level as like the Shannon Tweed style movies of the time. Yeah. There is actually some effort into the mystery, but it's your typical, you know, B movie, you know, primetime 10 o'clock Cinemax or HBO type fare. Yeah. It had that silk stockings vibe to me from, oh, from what I saw. Very much so. I love silk stockings. What a, what a, a wonderful show. Yeah, USA I, Network classic. I dropped that for you, brain. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Well, before we get into it, I want to talk about our social media. We want you to follow us. We want you to call out Chad Cruz when he comes on here and says, hey, everybody, I've got something for you, and then doesn't deliver. Call him out on it. 
and you could do so on social media at Bulletproof Action on Instagram and Facebook and at Bulletproof Pod on Twitter. And it was on Twitter that I asked the question the other day, Top Gun or Iron Eagle? And not surprisingly, Top Gun had 61% of the vote, 39% for Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle was almost mounting a comeback there for a little bit, but then it, it slipped back uh, down. Um, not surprising to me. And, you know, we've got Top Gun Maverick coming out, Chad Cruz. Yeah. Do you have plans on seeing this film? I will see it. Uh, whether I see it in theaters, I, I, I cannot say. But it is one that I would like to see in theaters just because... Um, it's a theatrical type movie. It really is. You want to you want to be there. You want to hear that sound. You want to hear the sound, jet engines and the, the music. And yeah. you you just yeah, know Lady Gaga go for God's sake. I know that's one of your favorites. Uh, you know what? She is a talented, talented woman. I'm not arguing you with. I, just, yeah. I know she's she. She is talented as was that Anthony though. <laughs> uh, I would assume no, based on that <laughs> film. So, so, yeah, so we've got that coming up. But one of the things, you know, and I want to state, state for the record, I don't have a problem with Top Gun. Yeah, right. I do not have a problem with it. But I feel like Top Gun, maybe maybe the love for it sometimes is too much. Maybe it's overkill. And then there's a movie that came out earlier in the year, the same year Top Gun came out, that is underappreciated in that movie is Iron Eagle. And I absolutely positively love Iron Eagle. It is one of my favorites. It is a movie I could watch countless times and I have watched countless times and I could, I could have done this podcast without even watching, but you damn well know I watched last night and I'm ready to talk about it here today. Chad Cruz. Iron Eagle, January 17th, 1986, directed by Sidney J. Fury, who's done quite a number of films. Superman 4, not very good. <laughs> but The Taking of Beverly Hills, we've talked about that one on our Die Hard clones. Yeah, that's that, a great one. That is an awesome one. And one I know you've, uh, this one's got Toy Man written all over it. Ladybugs. That Rodney yes. Dangerfield? Oh, you better Rodney believe it. Movie. That's a good that one. That I saw in the theater as a child. Of course. And uh, I used that movie as the inspiration for when I decided to uh, co-coach Little Zach's soccer team last year. There you go. And then, Chad, the music. We've always talked yes. about the music, but we got we got a heavy hitter here doing the music for Iron Eagle. Yeah, we do. And, and you kind of instantly see it, or not see it, but hear it. Uh, as soon as the movie starts, you, you just get this great... Great music, uh, Basil Polidorus, I believe is his name. Yes, he, sir. Uh, he did the Conan, Conan the Barbarian, RoboCop, Red Dawn, a few films that kind of any action film lover will just kind of place those within their top fifty, top thirty list. And uh, especially when it comes to to the sound and the and the music, um, kind of iconic music from some of those films, and and you can tell when you when you. When you watch Iron Eagle, and, and I think that this is part of the reason why Top Gun gets the high numbers that it gets in relation to Iron Eagle, and that's because Top Gun has iconic music that goes along with the visuals and the actors, and all and many of those actors became massive stars, whereas Iron Eagle has great music. It has great action and great visuals, but when it comes to the star power, it doesn't quite live up to what Top Gun put out there. I would agree. And, and, you know, the music in, in both films, I mean, 
both of them, the albums just, I mean, and I'm not even talking about the score that Basil did. I'm talking of just the, the music in general for the soundtrack is, you know, both of these albums would be considered bangers in today's world. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> well, you just said it. I don't have to say it. How the kids put it these days. <laughs> yeah. I hate it, but they say it. Um, So the movie starts off. Yeah. We get the, the great score. Uh, Colonel Ted Masters played by the wonderful Tim Thomerson. And yeah, he doesn't have the star power, but a lot of uh, great character actors in here and a lot of, you know, a lot of, I think bulletproof action. Would yeah. Love, love, loves these actors. Oh yeah. But the uh, BPA yeah. All-stars. Yeah, it is. This is a BPA all-star team. So you got Tim Thomerson, obviously all the transfer movies, zone troopers, doll man, uh, doll man, amazing wonderful pick and here yet you know he has a dyed brown hair not his usual uh gray right. but uh he's up there he's on a you know flying routine exercise in what he believes is international airspace so he's fine they're doing they're not doing anything wrong but some unidentified aircraft approach it's those damn bastards from Billiad, and they're like you're in our airspace son of a bitch and things get serious <laughs> Oh yeah, it gets very serious very fast, and and I believe what is it six planes yeah. that approach them. So that's six versus two immediately, and they get a a missile lock on one of them, I think, and then they you know the shit kind of hits the fan pretty quickly because you know Masters, you know you could tell that he's an experienced guy, he doesn't flip out, but the pilot that's flying next to him and the plane next to him, he kind of has one of those moments where he you know he's almost going to lose it. Right. And, uh, and and it's not long until he gets hit. Um, he doesn't go down, but you know, master sends him away. Right. He's like, um, you're, you're going to be no good here. Right. You need to go back to base. Yep. So then it becomes, you know, six on one and I don't care who you are. It's going to be hard to fight against those odds. Right. He takes out some of them, but he doesn't get them all. And uh, in the process, he is hit forced to eject. And we really don't at this point know what is going to, you know, what is his fate? Because right. now, Chris, we go back to the States and we meet his two sons, Doug and Matt. And of course, Doug is played by the heavenly kid himself, Jason Gedrick. And do you know who Matt was played by? Uh, Well, it's Bobby Jacoby, but I'm sure you have a great movie that he's <laughs> been in. Well, actually, it's the family. Or his brother. Link. Yeah, the, the brothers. Yeah. Yeah, his brother Billy is the classic character Buddy, aka the younger brother from Just One of the Guys, released oh. the year before uh, Iron Eagle was released. Yeah, so and then they, they, they have like a name change too. Didn't they have one name and they all became Jacobies or the other way around? I don't remember. Uh, Jane, J A Y N E. But I think it was due to like a remarriage. Okay. I think they took like the stepfather's the name or something thing. like that, if yeah. I remember correctly. Hmm. Uh, and let's also take a moment to recognize the fact that at the time, the United States had tensions with Libya. Right. So, so here we have <laughs> Bilia <laughs> instead of Libya. Um, just something that always made me chuckle that in a movie as awesome as Iron Eagle, we get kind of a little bit of lack of creativity uh, as far as the enemy faction goes. Right. And it's odd that they just didn't say it's Libya. I don't know. Maybe because they figured we'd have to have Gaddafi in there and they didn't want to. I don't just know. Just put not in parentheses, just not <laughs> Libya. Right. Libya. Um, yeah. I mean, you, they could have just said Valverde and put it in the Middle East, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I would have exactly. loved it. 
so yeah, we're, we're, we meet the, the sons and they're about to go meet up with the flying Eagles. Some of their fellow flying Eagles, uh, Reggie and Tony, um, we quickly meet Doug's mom and then the most useless character in the entire film, <laughs> Doug's little sister, Amy, who on a TV cut, like that scene where his, the mom is like fixing her dress. It's just cut out. So like she doesn't even exist on one of the TV cuts, basically, which is good because she's she's useless. She's not she needed. nothing to the table. She brings yeah. absolutely nothing to the table. But one thing we find out very quickly is that Doug Masters loves music and he loves to go fast, which is going to come into play as this movie progresses, Chris. For sure. Uh, the music motivates him and the music will continue to motivate him through the movie as he moves forward with his uh, mission, as we'll see later on. And then we meet the friends that we talked about, Reggie and Tony or Roni, as I have on this uh, horrible write up. Erroneously type that up. Exactly. <laughs> Speed typing doesn't always work out. Uh, Reggie, of course, the one and only Larry B. Scott. Lamar Luttrell. Yeah. He's, you know, every movie that I see him in, I cannot, uh, he's Lamar to me. I'm sorry. Like even, a, even extreme prejudice, which even extreme name? prejudice, every even film Snake he's Eater in Eater two, even yeah. snake, even snake eater two. I, re- I reviewed a movie with him in a, a few months back and uh, I couldn't stop looking at him like Lamar. I'm like, what's with his face camp. Yeah. Why is he hitting on this girl? I don't get it. <laughs> so Doug meets up with Reggie and Tony at the local burger joint. And then we get, who I really think is, you know, we, we've got the evil Billy Ed people, but you know, to them, they're not evil. They're just doing what they think is right. Yeah. Yeah. In their world, they're, we're the, the, the Americans are the evil ones. Notcher is the fucking most vile, evil character in the entire movie. And we're about to meet him, uh, played by Michael Bowen, who would go on to be the evil, vile sheriff in the rock walking tall movie. Huh. Um, and he's got his boys, Packer, who I, I'm sure know Packer got, very well. I, Fudge I, Packer. Not Fudge. Oh, yeah. where, where do we know Packer from, Chris? I know you, you want to say it. Uh, Cobra Kai, the karate kid. I said Cobra Kai first because it's the most recent memory of him. Right. Uh, because we can say RIP to Rob Garrison, who yes. played Packer and who played Tommy. In the Karate Kid franchise. Correct. And then we get Brillo, who's a, a John Travolta relative and was mm. in the great Friday the 13th, part six. It's the Remember? best of the Friday the 13th. It's a good one. It's a good He, he dies in the RV. Uh, so, yeah, they're there. They're harassing Doug's girlfriend, Katie, played by Melora Hardin. Before Jan. she before, yeah, before she fucked Michael Scott's life. Yeah, up. she's Jan, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, and she was also then in uh, Lombada. For the Canada. Forbidden Dance. The Forbidden Dance. You better believe mm. it. Um, so, yeah, she's there to meet up with them as well. But, you know, she's getting harassed on the road by Not- Notcher and his boys. And uh, Notcher wants Doug to run the snake with him. It's uh, He's obsessed with his running the snake. Doug's refusing. Especially, we find out somebody freaking died doing this thing. Jimmy Branson, for heaven's sake. R.I.P., Jimmy. You're dead. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's the ultimate kind of uh, uh, jerk move to disrespect Jimmy Branson by trying to do the very thing that killed him. Right. I, you would think there would be some more of a crackdown, like they would stop this or put a I sign up. Yeah, no more running the snake. But <laughs> I don't know if that would have worked or not. But so so that happens. But younger brother Matt shows up. He's like, oh, just after you left, the mail came. Here's a letter from the Air Force Academy. But uh, not good news, Chad. Yeah, I mean, some of us, myself, who I'm speaking of, are used to rejection at this point in their lives. But, mm-hmm. but at this point, Doug is still a young man. He's very talented. And he opens that letter and it's, you know, I'm sorry. You know, we regret to inform you. You're just not good enough for the Air Force Academy. And it's just a big blow to him, you know. And he, yeah. he kind of crumbles the, the the letter up and throws it away. But, of course, as, as ha- usually happens in films like this, uh, his enemy, Notcher, gets a hold of it announces it over the PA for everybody to hear and uh, tension is high between him and Doug. Yeah. Now Doug's like, all right, son of a bitch, we're going to fly that freaking snake because I want to shut your freaking mouth. (laughs) That's what I want to do. So now he's like, all right, we're going, let's get to the airfield. And that is when iron Eagles secret weapon is revealed. This you say about star power. Well, I will take, one Lewis Gossett Jr. as Chappie Sinclair over a whole cast of A-list sons of bitches. What do you say to that, Chad Cruz? I would disagree with you. You're an asshole. Anyway, <laughs> we, we meet Chappie Sinclair. He, Chris, is working on Doug's plane. Doug's like, what the hell are you doing? But Chappie is doing him a big favor, really. Yeah, he made sure that his plane was set up so that he didn't go the same route that Jimmy Branson did. And yeah, that was a <laughs> head on to a cliff face or something. Uh, he he didn't make it. Jimmy and Branson. Keep in mind, did. we don't know that Chappie is anything but a uh, lowly mechanic at this point. Yeah, at this point, we have no idea. He's just he's just Chappie Sinclair, and uh, he's got like that Pennzoil hat on, having a good old day. Um. So yeah. We're going to fly the snake and the tunes. They are jamming. Whew. And we get a little old enough to rock and roll by Rainy Haynes is basically oh, yeah. the soundtrack. I it's listen, a banger. I listen to that on YouTube quite a bit. That's fire. It is. And I feel like I could fly the snake. Um, and that goddamn notcher though, Chad, he's a cheating oh, son of a bitch. Cheating uh, son of a bitch. I mean, he's, they're talking about what running the snake. Is that what they, is that how they yeah. put it? Yeah. So Doug, Doug Masters is flying it in his Cessna or whatever the fucked up plane you better is. better believe he is. And, and Notcher is riding his dirt bike. So he's below him. Not only is he not racing in the same like mode of transportation. I mean, it's already crap, but he, uh, he takes a shortcut. So he does not stick to the main road. He cheats, but he also screwed with Doug's plane. Yeah. He had his boy Packer. Fudge, fudge pack the oil and uh yeah now doug's like burning oil there's smoke coming out the oh this is a, he's gonna he's about to die chris he's about to die this early too, on in the movie the smoke looked too light to be from oil oh, i'm sorry geez, here we go but luckily he avoids death for the sake of the runtime of the movie and for those of us <laughs> rooting for him right it is not jimmy branson part two doug masters masterfully runs the snake, flies the snake, does whatever he needs to do to the snake. And then uh, he knocks out his bully for good measure. Right. Yeah. Good punch. Good punch. Yeah. 
he, he sent the message and what a wonderful thing that the eighties, like nowadays there'd be a lot of lawsuits involved yeah. in this and this attempted murder. There'd be the police involved. Right. But back then you just settled your business. You just punched the guy in the you fucking know, mouth. I think that we've lost, we've lost something over the last few decades. And part of that is that violence does solve a lot of things. <laughs> And if you punch someone in the face enough times, they won't do bad things right. as often. And in right. 80s movies, and especially these kind of late teen movies, you know, where you have these 18, 19 year olds, and they're always they're always getting into trouble, they're racing their cars, they're doing whatever. But usually it always ends with uh, the the winner kissing his his beloved and then punching out the the enemy. So there's something to it, brain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Doug doesn't have much time to celebrate because Milo shows up with news from the base about yeah. Doug's dad. Now, now they finally got the word Doug's dad was shot down now as a prisoner over in Billiad. And uh, so Doug gets back to the bit there. His mom's already there. She doesn't have much in the way of details. So Doug is going to go get his own goddamn details from Colonel Blackburn, Chris. Yeah, and uh, I like how you skipped over who Milo was, because even though I'm not a fan of the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cousin Oliver. Milo is one of the most loathed <laughs> television characters of all time. Yeah. Cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch. I used to have a guy who worked uh, at the company I used to work for who looked like the grown up version of Milo. And I would often call him. Well, not to his face, because he was rather high up in the organization but better to be a milo than a cousin oliver yeah you, you know there's a one of his other friends is the is styles from teen wolf too remember that guy i don't know which friend it was but it was his other styles buddy was in both of them was he not in in both teen wolves he was definitely in the first he was in the one. first one for sure he may have been in the second one. i'm not sure it's been a while but but yeah the uh the buddy not larry scott but the other guy was uh tony. Was styles tony Roni was was Styles. Tony. Tony. He was Roney. also he was also the guy in Seinfeld who ordered a pen for Elaine, if I recall correctly. <laughs> and then became obsessed with her. What, uh, what, a, what a wonderful podcast we're delivering here for the people. Hey, you better believe we are. You better believe we are. All right, so we've got uh, Milo, Colonel Blackburn. He's like, oh yeah, they got your dad. You're going to put him on trial. Uh, you know, doesn't really have, he doesn't have much else to, to provide either at this point, Chris, it's, it's all very vague, but now Doug is like, I don't want to go to prom. Right. But, uh, I think he's going to end up going to prom. Don't you, Chris, don't you, don't you he think does. he should go? Because <laughs> I mean, have, what else have is have he going to do? Or a dance scene. It's 1986. You need a prom or a dance scene. That's true. You better believe we do. So. His mom's like, hey, your dad would want you to be going to prom. Your dad would want you to go to your graduation ceremony. You not doing that is not going to help him a, a, a lick. Yeah. That ain't going to help him at all. It just it, it was an it was a nice speech by her, but it was strange when she slipped him that uh, packaged condom. What? No, she, and she was said, be careful. Uh, I was she, surprised by that. Yeah, I I think everybody who's ever seen this movie would be surprised by that because it didn't happen, you son of a bitch. I think uh, Chad Cruz has been spending too much time on the Cinemax portion of Tubi. Yeah, I think he's been watching Save Me Again on a loop. Um, so but someone's going to save Colonel Masters. Somebody needs to save Colonel Masters because, yeah, Doug is like, all right, 
He's being very strong, though, especially his brother. I think his brother's taking this very hard, as you could imagine. But we get the little lightning or uh, lighting of the mood with uh, the old squirting flower gag. Has anybody, either of you ever had a squirting flower? I have never had a squirting flower. Ted Cruz? Trying Chad to hold Cruz? back, trying to hold back my laughter. Ted Cruz, you ever had a squirting flower? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, very good. Very good. Well, Colonel Masters doesn't have one either. He's on trial. <laughs> he says the court's a fraud and that the trial itself is a violation of international law. But we've got uh, Colonel Akir Nikesh. And I know the way I'm about to pronounce this man's name is wrong. And I don't care because I've been pronouncing it this way, much like I've been pronouncing uncommon valor as uncommon valor for you decades. <laughs> I always call this man David Suckett, and uh, he can suck it, too. I could tell you that right now. So he's like, okay, well, you know, your international law, Billy, we do what the fuck we want, basically, is what he's saying. We do what we want. We're not, whatever you all, these other countries came up with these rules, we weren't invited to this rule coming up with party, so we're going to do what we want. So that's basically where we're at. And now, as you said, Chris, we get a dance scene. We do, and it's uh, good old Larry B showing off his dance moves in this scene. Yeah, all the white kids are in awe. <laughs> they're all just shifting to and fro while right. they're out there why, dancing. Why these? I mean, Reggie and his date are pff, dancing with the stars level. I mean, they're yeah. top notch. I would give them a ten. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that, and then Milo comes in, and shockingly. <laughs> shockingly milo wasn't he didn't have a date for the prom you gotta go stag baby so he just wasn't there but he's like oh i know where everybody's at i'm just sitting around playing atari um he goes and he's like hey doug your dad's been found guilty and it seems like they're going to be making an example out of him because they want to let the rest of the world know you don't fuck with billy ed and that's when doug's like okay they're not going to do anything. They're not going to do anything. It's yeah. Getting, and it's getting bad, Chad. It, it is getting bad. And, and, you know, when your own country, um, you know, your dad's a damned hero for one. Uh, and he's out there doing, you know, doing God's work. He's out there flying his damn plane and he gets, he gets taken by these Billy Addians and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's Billy Bobbians, Billy Bobbians. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's really is forcing Doug's hand. And I think at this point he's starting to kind of understand that if they're not going to do something, then maybe he has to uh, look at some options. And, and I would have loved for him to, you know, put on a, a leather jacket or something at this point, but maybe we're not there yet. Brain, maybe, maybe leather jacket will come later, but for right now, he did rock a pretty sweet sleeveless hoodie. Oh, that sleeveless. Ho- I mean, he's got this perfect 80s hair. Oh, that's good. He's got a sleeveless freaking hoodie on. He's popping an adult beverage. Oh, wait, that's Chad. That's me. It's really something. It's a, a look that only could have been from 1986. And he's going to get a little flight simu- simulator time. Uh, his boy Marty hooks him up. Marty! for those with a keen eye, was one of the hostages in the Delta Force. If How about you, that? Yeah. And, uh, and in the simulator, we get to hear One Vision by Queen for the first time. It'll come back, but 
we get to hear one vision and this was we find out it was actually Chappie's simulator time but he was late but uh he gets there and he's kind of starting to coach doug we're starting to see in, that there's more to Chappie, chris than just being a mechanic yeah it turns out that Chappie is in the reserves and a light bulb goes off uh young mr master's head and decides hey they think my dad's expendable but I know how to get him out and I need your help to do it. Right. Can you, he asked him, can you plan a mission? You better believe he can. And then, and Doug's got the hookup all over that base, Chad. Yeah, he does. And at this point he doesn't know anything more about Chappie than he's in the reserves. Uh, I think he learns that he's a Colonel, um, but he doesn't know that he's like this freaking ACE pilot. Um, He just kind of like, can you plan a rescue mission? If one were to happen, and Chappie just, eh, maybe, maybe I could do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he, Chappie kind of does his best to, to keep Doug from, I guess, putting all of his, his eggs in this basket of, you know, a rescue mission. Like it's probably not going to happen, but when Doug kind of lays the guilt trip on him, that's when Chappie kind of realizes, okay, this kid's serious. And maybe I do give more of a shit than, uh, than everybody else. Well, yeah, that's where we get. He flips that switch, and we get Academy Award-winning Lewis Gossett Jr. Oh, he's so good. He delivers him. He he dresses Doug down verbally, because uh, no one's going to tell Chappie he doesn't give a shit. Dude, I... Fucker. Does he have... Does he have a cameo? Could he just like scream at me about things? I, uh, you know, I, I, I thought about... I think I wrote that in my review for this many years ago, that he should have done... We'll get to it later, but he makes cassette tapes yeah. for Doug to to kind of guide him through. He could have done something like that where he just guided you in through your life. He could have been a life coach. He could have talked you through anything, and I would have paid good money for it. So it's like a badass Tony Robbins. You better believe it. You better <laughs> believe it. So we, after that, we go to graduation day, and we get a little uh, kind of daydreaming flashback to the last time that uh, Doug and his father went up in the plane and, and flew Chad Cruz. And uh, what a tender moment. Father yeah, and son. it is. And you also get a little bit of taste of kind of, uh, you know, Doug's abilities in the air because his father and, uh, uh, talks with him and they kind of sneaking around, you know, he sneaks his son into the plane. So he's wearing the helmet with the visor down so no one can see his face. Um, but, uh, he's also doing movements in the air with the plane that yeah, he's uh, doing rolls and he's know. doing shit in there that no one who's like, uh, responsible for the plane would do. So, uh, but, but he's good. He, it's obvious that he's good and his father's impressed by him. So it's a little subtle thing that, but, but it pays off. I think by the end when you're like, cause you know, at some point in this movie, you're like, Oh, it's like an 18 year old kid. And he's, he's way too good at this, but. He spent, he's already told us he spent more hours in the simulator than, you know, most people alive. Yeah. People enlisted in the the air force. Yeah. And he's been, you know, he's been in that plane before he's been in the air, he's flown. So it's not like it's the first time he's, he's done it. So. Yeah. They have to establish that to give this some sort of realism because obviously this is a completely movie scenario, which is why I probably love this movie because it's great. Who, yeah. Freaking cares. Uh, so we get into after the graduation ceremony. I mean, Oh mama masters drops a freaking bombshell. Uh, she lets the kids know they're going to hang your dad. 
in three days. He's going to be executed in three days. And Doug has got to uh, come up with something. He's he, he, The wheels are turning, Chris. The yeah, mom's got turning. to come up with some tact to not tell her family in the parking lot <laughs> with the graduation. <laughs> hey, by the way, dad's dead in three days. Maybe wait till you get home. Right. Have like a nice, tender, somber moment with your family instead of doing it in the parking lot as people are milling about. Yeah, what a drive home that had to be. Awful. <laughs> Awkward Hopefully, silence, no, people in tears, his little brother's in bed, still has his shoes on, crying. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. But Doug does have a plan, and it's time to assemble the Flying Eagles. Um, but meanwhile, back in Billy Ed, Colonel Masters is in a prison cell. They want him to sign a confession because I guess that's their gimmick over there. Right? Yeah. Before they... They, they need pit the paperwork signed before they could just hang him. And he's, he's not going to do it. He's not, yeah. he wants the leader to come and he's going to shove the confession up the leader's ass. He tells him to eat shit, which is what he should do. But now I, I have a quick question. Um, yes, sir. Are their group is called the flying Eagles. Yes, sir. Yes. What other kind of Eagles are there? Is that what that's, you're that's yeah. I, that, that's all Eagles, right? It's kind of like calling the winged Eagle belt, the winged Eagle belt in WWF. Uh, because are, are there eagles without wings? No, they, I mean you can certainly have an eagle without the wings spread, as they are on that belt. Spread? Um, you talk, you thinking about save me again? All right. <laughs> I, w- I wish. So <laughs> we uh, we get the meeting. They got they got a real cool hangout, Chris. You wish you had a hangout as cool as the Flying Eagles, don't you? I do. Nice little hangout, hideout, hideaway, full of all type of tchotchkes and junk, but useful junk. Not like a hoarder's, uh, a hoarder's lair. No. It's, you know, it's the quirky little clubhouse that was very famous in movies in the 70s and the 80s. Mm-hmm. And Doug has a whole list of like, this is what we're going to need. We are going to need this, 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 and this. And you guys are going to help me get it because I am the leader of the Flying Eagles. Hell yeah. And uh, it starts off real Milo. We find out Milo's a little sweet talker. He gets in uh, and gets into the computer, and then the Twisted Sister starts Chad Cruz. And oh, by yeah. God, one of the greatest montages I think I've ever seen in my life it's, is about it's, to happen. It, it really is a damn good montage. And, you know, these, for a bunch of uh, high school kids, or I guess they just graduated, they're the graduates now, they, um, they got their shit together, man. They do a great job of getting together all the information that they need, all the, you know, blueprints, maps, what have you. And uh, it's a remarkable amount of work in, like, what, one day? (laughs) I mean, they've got three days till his dad's hanged, and he is hung, and uh, he... You'd have to ask the mom. Yeah, he probably... Tim Thomerson did, of course. Uh, But they do a lot of things in a short amount of time to get just the information so then he can go to Chappie and, and, you know, try to convince him that, hey, this, this could actually work. Yeah, and Chappie, uh, he knows all about it, too. He heard about the the news, and he's pissed off. And he had already been starting a plan, but now he's got all this intel. So we get another montage, a planning montage. Damn, yeah. And we find out that Chappie and Doug, Chris, while their musical tastes are different, both are musical men. Uh, yes, Chappie is more old school, uh, I guess you could say, in oh, yeah. uh, leaning towards the godfather of soul himself, Mr. James, James Brown. Mr. James Brown. And then comes one of my favorite 
scenes in the entire film. When Doug and Chappie go to Slappy's restaurant and Slappy is played by the delightful Chino Fats Williams. We've talked about him on our Action Jackson podcast. What a wonderful human being this man is with the great voice. And he's there. And over dinner, as where Chappie's starting to talk about this plan, and he mentions the two planes, Chad. And mm-hmm. the first question, Doug, is like, wait a minute, two? Who, who's going to fly that second plane? Chappie Sinclair, baby. Whew, buddy. Yeah, and that's a big moment because, you know, even at that point, I, I, we know that Chappie can fly because he's going the simulator. Then he goes up at some point to fly the actual plane. But but uh, you don't think that he's all in yet. And 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 this proves that he is 100% all in on the, on the mission. But, uh, Chris, we don't know, or Chappie doesn't know, that Doug is a capable pilot. So then we get a little uh, test thrown at, at Mr. Masters, young Mr. Masters. Yeah, he gets to show off his skill, and he gets to prove to Chappie that you know what, Chappie? Damn it, we're doing things my way. Crank that music up, and I'm going to show you what I'm made of. And that I uh, got that text from Chad Cruz, and nothing warmed my heart more this <laughs> week when he sent me an Iron Eagle quote, and I said, good for you, Chad Cruz. I'm jealous that you're watching right now, and I'm not, but uh, yeah. They do it, yeah. The music is the power. It's the power of music in the 1980s. Yeah, and, and I mean, think about like a recent film, and how many of the songs have had impacts the way that these songs did. And maybe, you know, it's part of it is we grew up with these movies and they were a big part of our lives when we were younger. But but I can't um, I can't think of a single movie in the last 10 years that a song has like connected with that film as much yeah. as, well, as and, any of these. And that was a big thing just even in the 80s was those. So- I mean, when that movie soundtrack came out, it was it could be top of the charts. I mean, Top Gun, I'm pretty sure was number one. Yeah album number one movie uh beverly hills cop was a huge one i mean those movie soundtracks were a big big deal back then of course now albums in general aren't that big of a deal because right. you could just grab whatever song you want here and there and it, you can make your own damn album so the, the first cd i ever had was the top gun soundtrack there you go yep. there you go so we you know doug proves he can do it uh so now know what we need because we don't have time. Again, we're on a time crunch. So if you want to yeah. move through, t- you got to do some. We need another montage. Another planning montage, this time with Proud Mary playing. Um, and includes Doug's Slappy. This is the Bluebird. Excellent, Doug. Excellent. Jason Gedrick would win a Chino Fats Williams sound alike contest. <laughs> um, and then this is probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie. After the planning montage, Chappie comes in full uniform. And he, they go through the checklist, and I, I, I will admit to this right now, when he commends those kids for the job well done, it gets to me every time. Oh, it, it sure me, does. Gets to me every time, and because, again, these are like you said, these are freaking kids, and they got their shit together. I mean, we can't get our shit together, and we're old. <laughs> yeah, we can't even figure out how to record. Right. Between Iron Eagle, Red Dawn, and Toy Soldiers. I mean, what are we doing? I know, man. Uh, It it, it really is. Like, I think that Chappie was ahead of his time, too, because uh, some of these guys that are really popular now, um, popular podcasters and and, and such, they they do, like, they're really uh, 
they're like these motivational guys and inspiring guys. And they're all like Navy, former Navy SEALs, you know, they just like, they just talk you through things in life. And you feel like after one three minute conversation, you can go out and do anything. And mm -hmm. that's how Chappie is. And Chappie yeah. is like the first one to do it, man. He was, he was ahead of his time. And Chris, I'm glad you just brought, brought a movie up and we're talking about toy soldiers. I have a question for both of you and I'll start with you, Chris. Should Lewis Gossett Jr. have been Chappie Sinclair in Toy Soldiers? <laughs> Should that have been an Iron Eagle spinoff? You know, I would have been okay with that because it certainly would not have been any worse than some of the Iron Eagles to follow. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would have been... Four. Especially the fourth one. Oh, yeah. If that one never existed, like Chappie could have easily went and been uh, like the headmaster at a school. Right. I think the problem is that he didn't a plan. He didn't plan the assault at the end, and you would have mm. had to have him plan the assault. And yeah. I love the fact that he's involved in it. But um, yeah, I mean, well, I think because he still wasn't because he wasn't Chappie Sinclair. But if he was Chappie right. Sinclair, they could have yeah, he could have been doing all of it. They could have they could have yeah. saved the they wouldn't have needed uh, the Smuckers guy to be in there. Who the hell he was. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't even know who that is. I think that old guy who's in there he did the the Smuckers voice. Oh before. okay, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I I believe I don't know. It's been a while now. I think maybe we probably need to put Toy Soldiers on our list of potential. It's a good one too. Movies to cover, maybe back to school season. Uh, we okay. can do that. Um, but anyway, yeah, we we get that. And now, after he gives them the the, you're the greatest, you exemplary, your finest planning staff ever. Mmm, that's good stuff. So the afterwards though, he's like, "Hey Doug, I thought of one other thing, the motherfucking Hades bomb." I don't know what that is, but it just sounds so badass, Chad Cruz. It sounds mean, and it sounds like something that's uh, that's going to work for their their purposes. You know, he 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 doesn't know. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, if we if we use this, we don't have a lot of time. Right. It has its good points and bad points. Yeah. It, but at it's going to be an option. It's yeah, an it's option. Gonna, it's going to do a lot of damage if we drop it, but. But if we use this, that means we got five minutes to get the hell out of Dodge. And and you got to know this, that if it's dropped, that things are about to go to hell and you got to get the hell out of there. So so it's a cool idea and it, it gives you one more thing to look forward to, I think, in the battle to come. Mm -hmm. And then, Chris, we get a, kind of more of a heart to heart too uh, with uh, Chappie and Doug really talking about the harsh reality of what, what they're about to do here. Because obviously this is not the usual thing for a, a young man to be involved in he's about to no, go this, do something unheard of yeah this is not a simulation this is not you know racing the town bully like in the beginning this is a life or death mission you're going into enemy territory a uh, cheap plug for a recent no surrender cinema column right there <laughs> Ding. Uh, <laughs> but yeah he's warning them he's like look you know you got to make sure you're ready for this because we're gonna go save your dad but Shit can go south real fast, so you're going to be on your game. And Doug's ready for it. I mean, Doug handles it well. And he's like, I know what I'm getting into. And all those, you know, everybody you've ever dealt with knows what they're getting getting into when they sign up for this. So, yeah, it, it's, it's a, it shows kind of the maturity level of Mr. Doug Masters, Chad Cruz. Yeah, and you know, you know, anytime you watch movies like this, there's always like that fine line. Okay, he's 18. 
you know, there's going to, there's going to be things in this movie that are unrealistic, but I think that his portrayal, I think that Jason Gedrick does a, a really good job of kind of towing that line between, um, he still acts like a teenager. You know, he's got this girlfriend, he's worried about prom and all these things. And then, and then the thing with his dad happens and he kind of like, he has to change his focus. Yeah. And, but he's not like, this ultimate badass all of a sudden, no. you know, he still has anxieties. He still has these concerns. He's still struggling to kind of make things happen. But the one thing that he has there is Chappie and, you know, Chappie's kind of guiding him through all this mess. And, and every, every time they have a conversation, um, most of the time that they have a conversation, the end result is Doug growing up a bit. Yeah. And, and I think that's the importance of having Louis Gossett Jr. in the role and having Chappie Sinclair kind of, leading this this young kid yeah chappy yeah you could not have this movie without chappy Sinclair. no um so they start they're, they're making their way to billy ed and uh after the refueling it puts them behind schedule and i don't know the science behind this chris but somehow one vision helps you make up time <laughs> I guess maybe because the music distracts them so much that they don't realize how much time has gone by. <laughs> maybe one vision is the key to time travel, at least moving forward in the future or going back. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know. I, perhaps we should test it out. Drive yes. somewhere without one vision playing and then drive do the same exact drive. Do you get there faster? Uh, fuel cost right now, man. I don't know. Really That's true. Know. Okay. Well, there you go. I, I will maybe say bike, maybe do a no. bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> Not as cool. I will say that, uh, you know, I, I found that personally, you know, when I work out, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, super strong, of course, but oh. when I work out to black label society, Oh my God, 10, 10% gains guaranteed. So maybe it's similar to that. that gains with a Z. Uh, no, there's an S, I believe. Okay, yeah. thank you. Um, so they make it to the coast of Billyad, uh, and it's not long before they're detected. So they start the plan, and, and Doug takes out the guns that are shoot trying to shoot him down. And uh, during all this action, the worst thing that you think could happen happens, Chad Cruz. This is awful. Yeah, awfully embarrassing is how I would put it. Uh, the Chappie gets hit by some anti-aircraft guns uh, and he's going down, you know, he's going to, he's going to try and maintain as long as he can, because there's planes in the air, there's MIGs out there, you know, bearing down on them. And, and Doug's never, you know, he's never been in this situation before. You, you never know how you're going to react in a situation like this until you're in it. And then by that point it's too late. So Chappie knows it and um, he, he knows that he's going down. So he says, play the tape, baby, play the tape. Yeah, mayday, mayday, Doug, I ain't going to make it. And whoa, does that just rip your freaking heart out the first time you see this movie? Like, they killed Chappie. Oh. Johnny Lawrence is very sad about it in Cobra Kai. You, I, you know what? You're right. He was watching the Chappie scene in, uh, I think it was actually the first the episode. The very first episode, yeah. That's pretty much, like, Cobra Kai is great on its own, but that sealed the deal for me. It's like, okay, <laughs> you're going to mention Iron Eagle and Johnny Lawrence loves Iron Eagle. We're, I'm going for the long haul, and, and it, I do not regret that decision at all. And, uh, yeah, so he he does – he he's out. We don't know what happens to Chappie, so it's a mystery there, but uh, you can assume that it's not good. 
um, the Chappy tapes put in. And here's something that I really didn't think of until I re- watched it last night is when D- uh, Chappie says Doug's got the touch. I believe that's proof that Stan Bush is an Iron Eagle fan as well. Because if he's got the touch, he's got the power. Right. What say I'm, you, Chad Cruz? I'm I'm surprised there's not a Stan Bush song in this movie. It's perfect. Yeah. That, yeah. There was a Stan Bush song in The Wraith. Another No Surrender Cinema. The first, was that the <laughs> first one? It was the very first one. Oh, yeah. Six yeah. years ago. Oh, Charlie. Here we go. Um, and then he also, we get the moment where the title of the movie is said. When yes. Chappie's like, the, just think of this plane surrounding you like you're an iron eagle a suit of armor and i'm like oh i love this and this is really obi-wan kenobi like it almost Mm -hmm. felt like like he was talking to him from beyond like obi-wan talks to luke something special chad cruz this god this chaffy sinclair one of my all-time favorite characters he's a good he's a good fella and his timing is great because he's like he's recorded this tape and i'm assuming there are a lot of like uh quiet pauses he's like (laughs) Okay, now you're probably over top of the oil fields. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's 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 great, and, and it gives you something to follow along. You're not just listening to Doug, you know, in his own mind the entire time that he's flying right. because you know you're scared. You you know sometimes you need to take your attention off of that. So, and I think that's part of the reason that the chappy's talking through it and he's walking through it and it works. And and Doug is, I mean, I think he's doing exactly what Chappie hoped. I mean, he's acting like Chappie's still right there. Like he's right in yeah. there with him. Um, and then we, we cut to Colonel Nakesh. He is pissed off. He wants these pigs eliminated. He is pissed off. And then if the restaurant scene is not my favorite, which it probably isn't, this is actually probably my favorite scene <laughs> because, and anytime this song ever comes on, on one of my play, if I hear it in the wild, anything I will always say, when Give Me Some Lovin' by the Spencer Davis group comes on, this one's for you, Chappie. And then Doug just starts blowing shit up. I love it. <laughs> can you can you sing a couple lines from the song for us? I cannot. Oh. <laughs> and you wouldn't think that this is a blow shit up type of song, but it works. It does. It works. And, you know, he's dead. Because, again, we talked about Chappie. He, he likes more of the old school. And I mean, that's, that's a freaking iconic song, classic song. I love it. Yeah. And, and you weren't kidding. They do blow some shit up. I mean, he's, he is dropping missiles and bombs and he is uh, machine guns. He's, he's taken out like half the country. Uh, it's an unbelievable amount of destruction. And when they try to call his bluff at one point, he'd say, yeah, move my dad. He gives him kind of instructions, move my dad to this place or not my dad, but you know, Colonel Masters. Right. Um, they're like, we're not doing that shit. And then he's like, okay. And he just starts blowing up more stuff. He blows so, up the oil field. And then yeah. like, I guess be you'll like- be importing oil this year, <laughs> Chappie. <laughs> that was a great line. That was a great line. So, yeah. So now they're like, oh, shit. Okay. We better we better move Colonel Masters as, as he's instructing. Um, but, you know, they, they still got some bad guy shit planned. Um, and then, Chad Cruz, this is going to oh. probably be your favorite song. Yeah. Because I know you're a big Dio fan. And we get uh, Hide in the Rainbow. Oh, what a distinctive voice. And uh, no song will bring about more destruction than, than Dio. Uh, so Hide in the Rainbow, Doug ends up using the Hades bomb. 
blows the shit out of the airfield and there's just flames and fire going everywhere and and all the B- Bilotian people, whatever the hell they're called, they're they're like scared to death of these flames. Billy and Bobbians, Billy Bobbians, every Billy Bob Thornton's in the other side of the flames. Every time they try to go through it, they just explode. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's great. And then uh, one of the snipers had shot Colonel Masters, so now he's 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 kind of incapacitated a bit, um, but uh, still ambulatory. So they they pick him up, and he's running back to his plane. And oh man, it's uh, it's great because as they as they get into the plane. Uh, there's this massive, like, freaking armored APC truck. It's got a huge thing on the front of it, and it's just barreling towards them. And, uh, and Doug's like, Dad, can uh, will this, whatever the missile is called, will this missile work if you're not flying? He's like, I don't know. I've never tried it. Hit the button. Boom. Blows, <laughs> blows the shit out of it. Oh, you know how many times I reenacted that with G.I. Joe? Many a time. Oh, I think that's another big reason I love this film. Is the Hades bomb sounds like one of those episode titles of like the MacGuffin that Cobra's trying to get their hands on that. Episode. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, we, we get that. Um, now Nakesh is like, okay, you bunch of jackasses. If you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. So he's going to get involved and we get ourselves a bit of a dog fight. Mr. Cruz and uh, old suck it gets to suck it yeah yeah you know and and the the big thing here is you know doug's plane has been through a lot at this point excuse me and he's running out of fuel he's running out of ammunition uh i mean he's really kind of having to dig into his bag of tricks to kind of make it out of here but and the cash is in a fully you know fully armed plane um but you know he, he can have all the missiles he can have all the all the bullets and stuff in there but he doesn't have Doug and 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 uh, Teddy Masters in there. He doesn't have the touch. He doesn't have like, the touch. He doesn't have the uh, ghost of Chappie Sinclair. Ooh. And then Chris, all of a sudden, if this wasn't bad enough, four more MIGs on the radar. Now what? Now what could possibly happen? What could possibly happen is that they're on our side. The rescue party has arrived. Yeah, and the guy who is in that, uh, who does the talking, the pilot there, he is from a movie we talked about briefly last time, Remo Williams. Hmm. I recognize him as well. So, yeah, it's Americans, and they uh, take care of the other, because Nikesh, he gets taken care of, because Iron Eagle kicks his ass. Uh, he got Iron Eagled, and he's done. But, the you know, there's still more. It's not like everybody just, oh, our leader is gone. Goodbye. Uh, so, but they, they get, uh, talked to and they decide to turn back instead of engaging. And then we get a very emotional time because we're going to fly the missing man formation for Chappie Sinclair. Yeah, that's a big moment. And then, you know, they asked Doug to fly at the, at the front of that formation Yeah, you know, as, as they head to West Germany to, to safety. Yes. To the Rammstein Air Force Base, which just made me think of the uh, industrial rock band that came about years after this movie. I have been there before. I spent uh, I, maybe a, maybe a week there. Excellent. Many years ago. Was uh, Colonel Decker there? He was not, but I did. They did have a, a TV screen playing in the airport with Rammstein on it, <laughs> like the band Rammstein on it. We're like, oh, of course they do. So we get to West Germany and the good news is 
Chappie freaking Sinclair is alive, baby! But it's not all good news, because now they have to go face the music of what they did. Because, let, let, let's face it, stealing planes is not good. It's illegal. Starting a war? Starting, potentially great. starting a war, yeah. I mean, this could not have great. been an international incident. Uh, and we meet General Edwards, who is very familiar, as I just kind of mentioned, Chris. We know who uh, he is. Yes, Colonel Decker, the man who notoriously attempted to track down the A-Team for many an episode back in the 80s. And failed miserably just about every time. Every time. Lance Legault, for those in the know. Um, basically like, okay, we're going to release you guys, but you guys can never talk about this shit. <laughs> Which wouldn't work now because of social media, right? Right. Yeah, Doug Master have been like taking selfies, like, yeah, fuck you, Nikesh, look at me. Actually, no, Doug wouldn't, because again, we talked, he's a mature one, but uh, you never know. And he would uh, have had his phone on like Spotify or something, so. Yeah, yeah, he wouldn't have had, to, he wouldn't need the Walkman. He would have been right. playing uh, old Spencer Davis group on the Spotify like I do. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And, but Chappie's like, oh, wait, you can't trust this stupid kid. He's got a big mouth on him. Why don't you send him somewhere where they can order him to keep his mouth shut? Mm-hmm. And man, oh man, this thing ends as happy as could be because Doug's going to go to the Air Force Academy like he dreamed of. It doesn't get much better for Doug Masters. He's got his dad back. He's going to the Air Force Academy. Chappie's still alive. He blew a lot of shit up. He, oh, did he ever? Uh, his kill count was super high. Yeah. He, He's going to uh, be a... He's going to be a legend at the Air Force Academy. He he really will be. So and they arrive back on uh, U.S. soil. Happy homecoming. There's a band. Uh, hugs all around. Chappie lets him keep his wings. Everything's little, great. Little Amy's there. They're useless. <laughs> useless. I imagine. Just think about how great these sequels are going to be with Doug Masters. <sighs> Why do you have to bring me down? I'm sorry. Why, why do you have to bring me down? Uh, but so, yeah, we get the happy homecoming. Here comes King Cobra's Iron Eagle Never Surrender, the end credits. And what a wonderful 1980s film this is. I could watch it, as I said, a million times, and I probably will. Final thoughts, Christy Petrillo on Iron Eagle. Uh, a lot of movies had songs called Never Surrender yes. back in the 80s. The Wraith had a song called Never Surrender. The first ever No Surrender Cinema piece you wrote? Yes, yes, that one. And Six years ago? Dio, Dio, what's with Dio's songs always involving a rainbow? Yeah, and Stan Bush also had a song called Never Surrender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and from Hot Kickboxer, Hot. yeah. Yeah. Never Surrender! Never Say Die. You better believe you it. got the heart of a hero. We're going to have to do a top 10 list of the top 10 Never Surrenders. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Soundtracks Never Surrender Edition. I like it. I like it. And Chad Cruz, of course, Dio was your uh, entrance music back yeah. in the in your wrestling days. It was indeed. Rainbow in the Dark. I mean, there's no better way to get the crowd motivated and, and, and pumped up for a song or for, for an entrance than to play a little Ronnie James Dio. You were quite the heel Back in those days, Chad Cruz. I loved it. It was a good I mean, time. still to this day, really. I mean, still the bane of my existence. Thank you. <laughs> Often. As planned. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Chad, your your final Iron Eagle thoughts, since we got I, a little I, sidetracked there. I, uh, 
I told you that it had been so long since I'd, since I'd seen Iron Eagle. It was essentially a first time watch. I don't, I hadn't remembered so much of the movie and, and, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I, I love the, the music. Uh, freaking Chappie Sinclair, Lewis Gossett Jr. is great. I, I love everything he's in. And, and Jason Gedrick was really good. Um, that's the, that's the kind of, if he's bad in it, then the movie. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't stink, but it's not going to be as good because Lewis Gus Jr. is so good that he's going to kind of cover up any any whoopsies. But but Gedrick is really good, and and the movie is fantastic. And I'd forgotten how much destruction there was. He just blows shit up left and right, and uh, it's pure you know you know USA movie, and uh, not like USA the Network, like USA that kind right. of movie. And and uh, yeah, I had a fantastic time. I loved it. I'm happy to hear that because uh, again, as we said at the top, I feel like this movie's underappreciated. It gets overshadowed by Top Gun, mm-hmm. and I'm glad we're, we're putting some of that spotlight on it. Again, I've said it. I love this movie absolutely. This movie is like number one on my Blu-ray wish list. Where the hell? Like, did you know Chappie's still with Louis Gossett Jr. is still with us? Let's get some special features. Let's get a special collector's edition Iron Eagle because yeah. You know what? It, we've lost Fred Ward. I mean, you know, you never know. You never know when these guys. I mean, Chappie's up there. Or Lewis Gun- I see, to me, he's just Chappie. <laughs> but Louis Gossett Jr. is up there in years. You don't know. And uh, yeah, like, let's let's do this thing. I want, that is absolutely the Blu-ray that I want. And I will not wait for it to show up for $1.25 at the Dollar Tree. I will order that as soon as it's available. But speaking of the Dollar Tree, Mr. DiPatrillo, any uh, recent Dollar Tree finds? Yeah, uh, several. Uh, I know a couple of weeks ago I sent you uh, the picture of uh, Muay Thai Giant starring Mm. former WWE wrestler Nathan Jones. Nathan Jones, yeah. So that should be an interesting watch. Haven't seen that one before. I think that one's also streaming on Tubi right now. Um, so pretty easily findable if you're looking for it. I don't know how many people are actually looking for it, but <laughs> it now resides in my collection. Uh, another quirk of this hunt is that uh, United States stores are apparently getting movies with the Spanish language cases. So it's actually the American film inside mm. of a Spanish language case, but it has been mainly A-list Hollywood fare. So uh, The Rock's movie Skyscraper has been found. Uh, both Pacific Rim movies. Uh, I've only found the sequel for that one. Already owned Skyscraper, so I didn't grab that one. So El Rim de Pacifico. Nice. <laughs> there has been uh, some some pretty substantial finds lately, uh, but not as much for the type of action that we know uh, and love. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Scott Adkins stuff that showed up this time was duplicates of things that I already owned. Uh, already have Ninja One and Two here in the collection, so. Kind of slim pickings, but still fun to go digging through the local stores and see what pops up. Yeah, I went to mine and I found fuck all. I found a bunch of crap that Chad Cruz would watch. Is that another Cinemax movie that Chad Cruz? Yeah, he he would. But I I found a bunch of stuff that looked like Chad Cruz movies, and I just got was so completely disgusted that I walked out. You didn't buy them and ship them to me? Absolutely not. No, that's my the ship. The shipping costs more than the movie, so I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll get some care packages out soon because between myself and my two buddies that also go hunting and we uh, you know try to help each other out, we always wind up with a couple of doubles. So 
Super. I love, I love, uh, much to my wife's chagrin, she, uh, she'll see a stack of tapes, uh, you know, DVDs on my table and she's like, really? What? Yeah. Sorry. Aging myself. Uh, she'll, uh, she'll see the stack of, uh, discs and, uh, she'll be like, what are you doing? Why are you buying more movies? Do you even watch any of these movies? Um, your wife and my wife should get together sometimes. She'll go on vacation (laughs) together. They could. Well, can we come? Do I get to come too? I mean, we can go like on our own vacation, like a guy's trip, you know? Oh, that sounds like fun. I'm actually looking at a stack of tapes right now, though. I have a stack of tapes on my TV stand for easy access. Super. Only certain ones. Looking at Desert Kickboxer, One Man Army, and Black Belt right now. Yeah, I have Desert Kickboxer on VHS. It was sealed. That's the only way to get it. Yeah, yeah, I do have some. Even less so than Iron Eagle. Poor Desert Kickboxer. Yeah, I do have Iron Eagle. When I went to the uh, used DVD store, I went one day. I'm like, you know what? I wonder if they have Iron Eagle, and they actually had it. It was like a miracle. Like I've gone to that store a million times with like thoughts, like, oh, I'm gonna look for this, this, that. It's never there. Whatever I'm looking for, I'll find something else. Yeah. But what I'm going for is never there. The one time that what I wanted was there was Iron Eagle, and I'm like, oh, this was meant to be. I I've told hundred copies of Iron Eagle four after people saw it. And I'm like, what is this shit? I've told you, I, I, I love getting uh, movies from the library. Yes. And uh, the, the, the library here, um, one of the libraries I'd gone to has a massive selection of Blu-rays and DVDs. And I picked a few up a few days ago, but I'd gone on the website to look for Iron Eagle and it, all the copies are gone. None of them are in, in the library. So, which was good. Good people are, people are watching it. That's great. But it was saddening to know that I could not get it from my library. Mm, yes. Yeah. And I'll tell you, speaking, of, I talked about the Blu-ray. I watched uh, Iron Eagle on HBO Max. So beautiful, high definition. So it's like, this is that that made me want the Blu-ray even more because it right. looked much better than my DVD. I'm like, could you imagine what a 4K Blu-ray was? Oh, oh, bring it to me. You know, it kind of reminds me, Iron Eagle kind of reminds me a little bit of Kickboxer. Uh, because the first film is uh, is so much better than the sequels. Yeah, and you know that's debatable. Some people may like Kickboxer Two, whatever. But I just See, think I lean towards Kickboxer Two, and that and that's fine. You know, I think that's a asinine statement. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to say that about Iron Eagle sequels. You know, everyone's going to love the first yeah. one. The others yeah. are going to be, you know. Yeah, the third one is good, but like the third one didn't need to be an Iron Eagle, right? It it could have been its own separate movie, really. Um, No, could have just been Chappie and Sonny Shiba, right? Exactly, exactly. But but my real question about the third one is uh, uh, Rachel Rachel McClish. Yeah, uh, yeah. What are we talking about there? Should I? No, do I I need to not save me level? Damn it! What you're looking for? I thought maybe Chappie was getting no, 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 no. That doesn't happen. Um, Damn it! It has Belloc in it as well. uh, In case you are wondering. Um, All right. Well, we talked Dollar Tree. Let's talk figures. Toy company, Chris. I know James E. Cornette's been very excited about some of the recent additions over at the figures toy company very much so uh my good buddy jim a good friend of ours who has been doing god's work in helping us get many collectibles out and about 
Uh, he's got the bloody variant right now. He's got the exclusive announcer edition, which comes with an exclusive Jim Cornette action figure, as well as a complete commentary setup for him to call the matches from ringside. Uh, there are some different colored variants in production, uh, along with some figures that have been hinted at, not officially announced, but let's just say some close personal friends of Mr. Cornette uh, might be seeing their way through production at this time, along with the other announced legends of uh, Mr. Hughes, Savio Vega, Luis Piccoli in his Rad Radford attire, uh, Brad Armstrong, and Dr. Tom Pritchard in his Heavenly Bodies gear. All of those are currently in production, along with a whole bunch of Scooby-Doo creatures and villains. We are doing co-stars of the Three Stooges for the first time ever. So Lupe the Wolfman from the Idle Rumor short and an entire collection from the We Want Our Mummy episode uh, with the Stooges in their safari outfits and the thug that was dressed as a mummy will all be coming soon. A whole lot in the works for DC Comics across both of the comics and the Super Friends toy lines. Uh, Just a lot going on overseas. I know that COVID lockdowns have definitely hampered things the last couple of years. Unfortunately, they're still going on overseas, but we have quite a good vast amount of things in production. Uh, We've also now put all of the wrestling accessories that were only available on Wrestling Superstore up on the main FTC website. So if you are one of the wrestling collectors or need some uh, weapons and gear, for your action figures, check out figurestoycompany.com because all of those items are up there now, along with the retro figures from DC Comics, Hanna-Barbera, uh, the wrestling figures from the Legends and Rising Stars lines, and a whole lot more. That's it. Yeah, figurestoycompany.com. And while you're on the internet, I got to encourage you to check out bulletproofaction.com. Something new each and every day. Chris, I know you have a special uh, Fred Ward movie you're going to be covering next. And your uh, next No Surrender Cinema. That's right. Yeah, you and I were talking about Mr. Ward when he passed away recently. And uh, this was a movie that I have seen before. I own it on DVD, but I've seen it come up on my recommendations on Tubi lately. So I figured it was time for a rewatch. And what better time now than to celebrate the man by talking about the small role that he had in the ensemble cast of Armored, which will be coming in the next NSC Uh, just as a precursor to a very big edition of NSE because The Boys Season 3 is almost upon us, coming up on Amazon Prime. Uh, As you know, I was a huge fan of the comics. I'm a fan of the show, so I am looking forward to diving into that series and breaking things down for all of the awesome readers that we have at BPA. That is, yep, coming out June 3rd, I believe, on Prime. So you can look for... For uh, Chris's coverage of the boys, I've got a Memorial Day spectacular planned. And if you recall last Memorial Day, I did a little something called What If Canon Made a G.I. Joe Movie? And it was one of our most read posts of last year. And in true Canon fashion, Chad Cruz, if something works, mm-hmm. you make a sequel. Yes. So I will be having part two of that wonderful what if game, what if canon made a G.I. Joe movie part two. Uh, And we'll also in early June be celebrating the 40th anniversary of Wrath of Khan, which 
I know for me, it's my absolute favorite of all the Star Trek movies. Cherry Creeps. I'm more of a first contact guy, but yeah, Rathcon is fantastic. And, and I love, uh, you could make a list right now, probably of like villains with the name Khan. Oh yeah. You know what Over I mean? Khan from He-Man. How about uh, Khan from King, King of the Kickboxers? Uh-huh. How about Killer mm-hmm. Khan from Wrestling? Yes. So many cons. He had Genghis Khan killed like a quarter of the population. How about Nick Khan from wrestling? Oh, wait. <laughs> he, he's he's a power he's broker. becoming one, yes. He's a power broker. So, yeah, we've got a lot coming up on BulletproofAction.com. So, again, check it out. Something new each and every day. And uh, I think that's about all the time. You, do you have anything coming up on Bulletproof Action that you want to admit to, Che Cruz? You won't do it, though, so maybe you shouldn't no, say it. No, if I say it, it probably won't happen. So yeah. uh, This Saturday, look for Chad's Save Me review. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I didn't watch enough of the yeah. film. Possibly. <laughs> I'll have to go back and rewatch it, but I never make it more than eight minutes in. So, oh, sorry. okay. Well, there you go. Eight minutes and he's done. All right, folks, we are done here as well. So I want to thank you all for listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 